Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Haley Sperling and Molly Stentz. UW student journalists publish an alarming email from the UW system president on possible targeted budget cuts. Two proposed GOP Senate bills call for more parent involvement in books their kids borrow. And an elk in search of love across Wisconsin. It's Friday, December 1st. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's time. It's the Friday News Roundup. And do you feel that? The temperature is up. It's in the high 30s, baby. I'll take it over the mid-teens we had earlier this week. Balmy. I'm here with captain of our pod, Molly Stentz. Hey, Molly. Yo, yo, yo. And the czar of our newsletter, Haley Sperling. What's up? Oh, czar. Privet. (laughs) (laughs) Privet. Molly, we are starting with you. You've got a story for us. Yeah. So some shocking news this week. I don't know if you saw this in the Daily Cardinal, one of our student newspapers here at UW-Madison. I want to read you the headline. Exclusive. Facing budget shortfalls, UW system president privately suggested chancellors shift away from liberal arts programs at low-income campuses. So that was their headline. Then the journalists at the Daily Cardinal requested emails from UW system president Jay Rothman, which is their right to do under the law. And they found something really interesting. So... He sent this email to the UW chancellors with this article that he read in the Chronicle of Higher Ed, right? This is like a trade mag for people that work in higher ed. And it was about this university in Arkansas, Henderson State University, a public university. It was facing a lot of debt, was in a lot of problems, and went through a big restructuring. And so he sent this article to the chancellors. And was like, hey, this is really interesting. And summarized takeaways, which he called lessons. And here's one of them. Consider shifting away from liberal arts programs to programs that are more career specific, particularly if the institution serves a large number of low income students. Here's another one. Do not procrastinate in making the, quote, difficult decisions. Time will not make the problems better. Make the painful cuts and adjustments at one time and then move on. In other words, do not use a piecemeal approach. This is unconscionable. So you have to be a privileged student. You have to come from a higher income household to have equal access to a quality public education in the state of Wisconsin. That is very upsetting to me. And it seems really just unfair. (laughs) It's it's kind of against the, uh, the public 
component of this, that some students get the opportunity to pursue what truly interests them. And obviously, I'm a, a liberal. It's not obvious, but I am a liberal arts fan. Uh, that's the only reason I went to college. I just wanted a liberal arts degree. And so it's pretty disheartening to hear something like that, that that would be a target in any sense. And, and also just denigrating the idea that liberal arts uh, can create a career pathway. Like there certainly needs to be more. There's no question that there needs to be more like across the board opportunities for people to get uh, training in the trades if they want to, that sort of thing. But if someone wants a liberal arts education, they want to be able to speak to other human beings. They want to know history and, and how policies, any number of things that you can you can pursue in a liberal arts degree. It should be offered to everyone, not not on status of socioeconomic. That's, there's our, they're my politics coming out, but I feel like it's also Wisconsin's... Um, motto. It's like, it's a part of the public education enshrined in our constitution. It's public for everyone. Um, not you get what we give you because you're from a lower income household. It's the Wisconsin idea, right? It's like what we learn at the university should go and help the state, greater state of Wisconsin. And like with you, Bianca, like I'm a liberal arts student. Like I graduated with a degree in journalism. Um, but here we are serving the state of Wisconsin with this podcast. I think this is valuable. I think this is important. You know, there's a reason why we do this. And to me, we get paid. Move, right. It's a career. It's a job. <laughs> I make money writing emails like you, too, can make money writing emails. But to write a good email, you need to know how to write a good sentence. And unfortunately, like, that's a skill that a lot of people don't have. Like writing is a skill that I, I realize now more like as a professional writer, as a professional journalist, like this is a skill that can be very hard to come by, but it's so important for so many reasons because, you know, having a, a good resume or a good cover letter, like that unlocks the door to jobs. And how do you do that? You write good sentences. And again, not a lot of people can do that. And to me, this whole mindset, it just seems so short-sighted, you know, like, what are totally. you going to do? We're, we're going to prioritize, like, the STEM majors and whatnot. And, like, sure, but also, like, that's going to cost you a lot of money in the long term because, like, you know who needs, like, fancy, expensive equipment? Like, STEM majors, you know? Like, you know who can make a million things out of absolutely nothing? The liberal arts majors, you know? Like, <laughs> they're going to save you money in the long term. It's, it's. I don't know. It just, it seems very short-sighted. I just thought it was funny, too, because I saw Rothman's response on Twitter saying, you know, like, I'm I'm the product of a liberal arts degree and like I I said liberal arts develops critical thinking and it's important and it's like yeah okay all of that can be true but also like you said these things you know um someone on Twitter was stand like, on it like literally right you know and he, he like Rothman's like this Daily Cardinal story you know like they're they're mischaracterizing what I said but it's really not because, again, you know, as Molly laid it out, he laid it out in bullet points as the key takeaways from that article. And someone on Twitter responded. And they were like, how dare they report on what you said exactly? <laughs> and I was like, yep, that, uh, that about sums it all up. <laughs> so huzzah, hat tip to the journalists at the Daily Cardinal doing the good work. I don't understand why the story is in front page news everywhere in our state. I mean, and as you mentioned, Haley Rothman said that he, I have not asked our universities to move away from liberal arts program. He responded 
to the story the same day it came out saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying we should actually do this. But as we saw in the email, it's something they're thinking about. Before we dive into any more news, off to a break. All right. So sticking on the discussion of education, um, this week there was a state Senate committee hearing uh, that included two proposed bills around kids' access to books at our public libraries and their school libraries. And it drew some ire from more than one person, uh, quite a few folks, including the Wisconsin Library Association. These new proposals would require librarians to inform parents of all books or other materials checked out by a student, their their child, younger than 16, uh, within 24 hours of a checkout, whether or not the parent wants to or requested that information. But I <laughs> uh, that's kind of wild. I've never heard anything like that, but this is seems to be a part of the larger conversation going on around book banning and uh, kids' access to books that possibly have obscenity. That's kind of the the ruffle is uh, what's available at our public libraries, even though we did a fantastic conversation, which we can link to about some of the processes and the deep consideration all of our public libraries go through in terms of what's available for kids. But yeah, there's a public hearing for two bills that likely is going to cause a lot more work for librarians. And we should say that parents who want to request the list of materials that their child checks out from the library can access that. They can indeed get access to that right now. What this bill is proposing is that it would be mandatory for those libraries to email those proactively to every parent of every child every time their daughter, son, student checked out anything from the library. Yeah. Whether a parent asks for that information or not. Uh, The director of the Wauwatosa Public Library is one of the people who spoke before the committee. um, And he said, quote, the bill is seeking to solve a problem that doesn't exist. So there's definitely there's a divide, you know, in our state, in our in our country um, about what's available in our kids libraries. And there's a thought there have been a lot of books that are targeted around LGBTQ issues, around race, um, around the incarceral system and um, around the Black Lives Matter movement and police and that sort of thing, um, that there are potentially obscene or offensive materials easily accessible by kids. And so there have been calls in the minority, um, but loud calls to our public librarians and school librarians to do more, basically, more work um, to ensure transparency around what kids are checking out because there's a fear that there's secret stuff going on at the libraries. The first bill would require school boards to establish policies for public school librarians to inform the parents or legal guardians. Second bill would be like similar for public libraries. Because who doesn't want more email? (laughs) But right. But it's like it's like they're looking at the schools and the public library system, which is like two things. And also like we're solving a problem that doesn't exist under the guise of transparency. This is not about transparency. If a parent wants to know what their kid checked out from the library, just ask your child. I don't know how hard that is. And again, yeah, like Molly said, I'm sorry, parents, I'm not a parent, but also like 
I can assume that y'all don't need or want any more emails in your inbox, you know, saying like little Johnny checked out the encyclopedia today, which also like I'm sure there's some obscene entries in there, too. Again, like this is you better believe it. (laughs) Right. But like, I mean, I remember checking out like encyclopedias or like, you know, like bio, like biology books to like get an understanding of the human body. You know, it's like that is could be obscene i don't know but like again this is just this is just a culture wars light against librarians you know why are we making things harder for people that have such important jobs if anything too like this makes me worried that like kids aren't gonna want to check out books from the library and like that's right. just it's it's so important to be exposed to like different types of literature and just like have access to let your mind wander. And if you're a child wandering around the library saying like, oh, I want to read this book, but I'm scared of what my parents are going to think, you know, like you're probably not going to look at it because, you know, they're going to get a weird notification about it, you know? Right. Meanwhile, like your parents could just be having a conversation with you about what you're reading. Like that's very normal. And again, yeah. I like this a quote about like everyone being online and social media, but like we should all know less about each other, you know? Like I think it is okay. Yeah, I'm sick of knowing. Like, I'm it's, sick of knowing too. It's okay, I think, if parents don't know what books their child is checking out from the library. Because you know what? Like it's a book. You or know, just like, like what proactively is... knowing, right? Because right. they can they have the ability to find that information out. Like they could call them up and find that information out. But this would be a proactive, like you're gonna you're gonna find out because you'll be required to. Right. Um and uh, should know that the original author of the assembly version of that of one of the bills is defending it, saying it's not a book ban. You know, it certainly feels like it's falling into that realm of the discussion of book bans because it's you know, um, but she's saying that it's an attempt to put the responsibility of what kids are reading back into the parents' hands. And we should note, though, that the Wisconsin Library Association, um, they're saying this isn't helpful. This isn't helping us. So they're, if they're saying that we want basically um, we want to cool the fires of this, you know, big controversy that's come up, which is the, these discussions around book bans and put the put the responsibility back to where it's supposed to be with the parents. Um, it's not helping it's not helping the librarians so i don't know this isn't this yeah this isn't even doing that you know like why is the legislature spending its precious time on these small bills that again are solving problems that don't exist meanwhile Mm -hmm. like i need health care you know and possibly creating (laughs) problems i just want to know like i moderated a panel at the sun prairie public library this year for the banned books con and you know there were multiple librarians on the panel including some from the Wanakee Library, which was like, ha- basically there have been, they were targeted by a blog, um, an anonymous blog that said that folks were grooming children, um, which is just extremely crass and untrue. And they faced real threats. They like named one of the librarians and they faced real threats to their family and to them. But one of the positive things that they said was that actually the community is also coming together around this. And and so mm-hmm. it might have a, a backwards, you know, some other sort of impact uh, that isn't totally terrible. But let's stop giving librarians more work because they're kind of at the Librarians do a lot more than just administer books. I feel like that is the least that can be said. And on silver linings, there's kind of a fun story, something magical, <laughs> silver bells, sleigh bells ringing. Haley, uh, what what did you have to bring forward today? 
We do have some sleigh bells ringing. Um, someone has been searching the entire state of Wisconsin looking for love, and his name is Bull Elk number 357. Uh, <laughs> he such has been a name. It's such a name, named by the DNR. But uh, Mr. 357. Uh, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Wisconsin Wide, he has been wandering around the state and recently made a stop in Dane County. So he, this elk was spotted recently near Quick Trip in McFarland. And someone like a passerby like shot a video of it from their car and were like, Santa's reindeer have landed in Madison uh, or in, in Wisconsin. Uh, and the story, you know, it, it quickly went like Midwestern viral, you know, and it, it turns out like, no, it's not Santa's reindeer. Again, it's Mr. 357, a bull elk who is on the hunt for love because... It turns out it's uh, it's mating season for these big boys. And unfortunately for our boy, uh, he's looking in all the wrong places. Uh, and <laughs> despite the fact that he is a big boy, he's he's a smaller guy. So like what happens is that like during mating season, you know, the more dominant males kind of like push the weaker ones out of the pack so they get like the top pickings of the ladies out there uh and so yeah 357 kind of got pushed out and now he's traveled all over the state he's been in like Wausau and Columbia County and it was like one of the local broadcast stations did a did a really cute graphic of like a a like cartoon elk overlaid the state of Wisconsin and they show him bouncing back and forth. But like this, this elk, and I, I wish we could show that here, but this elk has been, you know, all over like Northern Wisconsin, central Wisconsin. And now like, finally he wandered further South into, into Dane County. So he is really looking for all of his options out there. So if you know any ladies, it's like the most endearing story and also a little heartbreaking, but like, it's fun to root for them. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, buddy, I'm rooting for you. But also, like, I am you, you know, like, have you ever just made the wrong turn at every occasion when it comes to your love life? Because I definitely have. And you end up in some weird places. And this guy <laughs> ended up outside a quick trip in McFarland. And like, that's not the worst place you could be as someone on the search for love. Um, you know, there yes. I've, I've ended up in some weirder places. Um, I've ended up in some good places. Uh, but you know, this is just, I think this is a story of, of determination, uh, of nature, of the weird relationships that modern day society has to our natural environments, you know, because people are like, wow, look at this elk. Like, it's huge, you know, like, it's weird to see this in, in my neighborhood, which is true because like, yes, elk uh, typically, you know, there there's a herd in Jackson County. There's a herd like farther north. Um, but this didn't used to be an unusual thing in Wisconsin. They used to be, elk used to be very widespread in North America, um, but they were eliminated from the state in the uh, late 1800s because of unregulated hunting and like habitat loss. And they like just recently were introduced back into the state. Um, 
and so like the the thing that I didn't know about elk, um, and this is how I how I kind of figured things out. Um, I was like, what's the difference between an elk and a deer? You know, like, and I guess yeah. in 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 this world, there's like a hierarchy. You know, um, elks are like considerably larger than deer. Like three fifty seven, our boy who's out there walking around, like you'll see him, and he is he's big boy. Uh, like they are hundreds of pounds larger and like feet taller. So like in the scale of four legged woodland creatures uh, with antlers, it goes moose, meese, mooses at the top, <laughs> mice, elk, <laughs> elk in the middle, and then deer at the bottom. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds so. of pounds bigger. That's like a majesty. Yes. I'm. Speaking about finding love in strange places, um, I've certainly found some love every now and then in flickers at uh, a Madison dive bar. <laughs> and uh, before we go, we want to address a question that has emerged about our takes on dive bars. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to Thursday's episode uh, where the CityCast Madison team rounded up Madison's best dive bars. Um, I wasn't there, but it has sparked some controversy. And we got a question in um, about the whether or not Mickey's Tavern is is a dive bar? Excellent question. Uh, Molly, what do you think? Yeah, so my vote is no. And here's why. Because A, like Mickey's Tavern has a pretty good menu. Like it says, good food. Like they're trying to... They they have salad on the menu, okay? They have they have actual things that are not fried. Like I, it feels like they're trying a little too hard to be able to be classified as like a dive. Yeah, Haley, what about you? What do you think? I I agree with Molly. I don't think Mickey's is a dive. I think that there are a lot of these kinds of bars, especially in Madison, that are like. They're not necessarily cocktail lounges, you know, it's not like cordial, it's not, you know, Robin Room, whatever, but like they're these kind of like in between like divey aesthetic, but not dive bars. Um, and there's a lot of them in Madison, you know, like I think about Mickey's and I think about like Jenna's on the square and I think about um, like Crystal Corner, you know, like these are. They're just kind of like the hipster bars. It's like where the mid 20s, like or mid 20 somethings go to hang out. And yeah, like Molly said, like especially like with Mickey's, you know, they're doing like a full brunch service on the weekends. That is not <laughs> dive bar activity. That is not dive bar behavior in the slightest. Um, I mean, I yeah. love Mickey's brunch. Like I've had great brunches there. Um, <laughs> like I think. I think that like both Mickey's and Crystal, like they could kind of like get a little bit more of like divey points for the They're fact that the they edge. host. Right. They host a lot of like live acts and stuff too, like sort of not underground, but just like local scenes that are like not going to get like big billings anywhere, which I think is cool. But again, I don't think that turns them into, I don't think that qualifies as dive. Yeah. yeah. I'm like so fascinated because I, I'm curious I kind of hear the point that Mickey's, uh, I think Mickey's and Crystal have some dive components. What do you think? Listen, like we, I want your opinion. The team wants your opinion. What is a dive bar to you? And does Mickey's Tavern count? Uh, hit us up at madison at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail or text at 608-318-3367. Is Mickey's a dive? 
And we're not talking about Nick- Mickey's Dairy Bar. We're talking about Mickey's Tavern on Williamson Street. Until next time, thank you guys for joining me this week to round up the news. Molly Stentz. Yo, yo. And Haley Sperling. Thank you. Dust be done, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm your host, Bianca Martin. This week, we're produced by Molly Stentz, Alexandra McMahon, AKL Moman, Lizzie Goldsmith, and Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. Haley Sperling is your newsletter editor. Don't forget, you can get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter, Madison Minutes. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with your favorite hopeless romantic? One who possibly hangs out in dive bars? See you back here Monday morning with more stories from around Madison. Until then, 